0: All right, we are on another uh, episode of Real Estate Versus Technology. I have Mr. Colette here. Is that how you say your last name? I didn't butcher it, did I? It is. Yep. Ah, perfect. Um, perfect. Norman is sitting on a beach in Hawaii today, so I took over the uh, took over the main host position, and we're we're glad to have you on, Chris. How are you doing today?
1: I'm um, good. Is the uh, beach
0: position available? Can I do that instead?
1: Be on a beach beach in Hawaii.
0: (laughs) That's what I told him. He said, I'm going to Hawaii. I said, I'm going to the beach, the Southern cold Oregon in three weeks. So, uh, I'd rather be where you are. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's enjoying the sun, but we're enjoying talking to you. So why don't you just kick it off with like how you got in this business of real estate? Um, just a little backstory to share with our listeners and viewers.
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, i started doing rentals in real estate in boston which to this day i will always say is probably the hardest job i've ever done it's 10 times harder than buying and selling houses okay. is doing rentals um i did that for about a year with uh jacob realty um right on Newbury street back bay boston college students young professionals rentals in the 23456 plus thousand dollars a month range okay. um Did that for about a year, and then uh, I had always wanted to get into buying and selling, but the rental brokerage that I was at didn't really do a lot of training on that. It wasn't their focus because it was almost all rentals. So I found myself going to the internet looking for Googling just how to buy, how to sell, what to do, how is the paperwork different? And I kept finding myself in um, the same sort of agent training mastermind groups with a lot of the same training and videos and info from... Uh, Lisa Chinati and Jason Posnick, and they would just post free content, how to do stuff. And I would watch it. And I consumed the hell out of it. And then I said, you know, all right, I think it's time for me to get into buying and selling. I want to do that. Um, I had originally gotten into rentals instead of buying and selling because I had worked at a startup where I made almost no money. My annual salary was $20,000 a year plus <laughs> commissions. So that was like $26,000. But- I was supposed to get equity in the company. And after being with that company for about a year, me and the owner just couldn't quite, we were too far apart on what the equity would have been and compensation and stuff. So I had to leave. So I needed money fast because I had blown through all my savings. And I had heard that if you do rentals, you can get paid faster than buying and selling. So I did that a year, then left. And when I interviewed a couple of brokerages, I realized I had been spending all this time learning from the same people over and over online. So I reached out to them and said, can I just join your team? Like I'm learning from you anyway. So I did that, joined the Chinati Realty Group in January of 2019. um, Was spent about two and a half years with them. Did, uh, what did I do? I think I did 16 transactions in my first year, uh, 24, 27 transactions in my second year. Uh, that would be 19 and 20, 21 and 22. So in May of 21, in fall of 20, I had sort of done the math on how much money I, I had made from leads and business that I had generated versus what the team had given me. Cause that's a true team where you're on a 50 50 split, but they give you a ton of leads, transaction coordinator, full time video, full time staff. So all you really got to do is like, call the number they gave you, book the appointment that's already halfway booked, go show the house, write the offer, and that's really it. So um, I did the math and realized that if I had been at a different brokerage at a better split with just my own leads that I generated myself, sphere, whatever, versus what I made there giving them 50-50, I realized I would make the exact same amount of money. So I said, all right, well, At this point, I should probably go to a place with a better split. I'll do fewer deals, but I'll make the same amount of money. But that'll give me more time to go get more deals at the higher split. So it should work out. So at that point, I uh, went from sharing a team real estate coach within the Tom Ferry Network to getting my own coach. And then in the spring, interviewed eight different brokerages and ultimately landed on Compass. Joined May of 21, started a team. Uh, Christopher Group. I always, I'm the Chris and Christopher Group, but I always joke it took me three months to come up with this name. It's a true story. <laughs> um, and uh, I have a couple of agents on the team now. And last year, as a team, we did uh, just under 40 transactions, I think 37 transactions. Um, me and another agent, and then I just brought on another who, who's going to have her first closing on Friday. And then, uh, I know, very exciting for her. Shout out Ellie. Um, so me and one other agent last year, we did about 30. I think 37 transactions and about 18 million in volume or so. Um, and this year we're already, I think five pending for this year and like 4 million in volume already. So, um, pretty excited.
0: It's, uh, it's good. Like I, I resonate with this story because not that I was in leasing, but, um, That whole like that whole trajectory from like getting into real estate and then like deciding you want to have your own team and then starting to bring on people and and your numbers are almost identical to my real estate team right now. I have five pending, (laughs) and I I look at it that as that progression, that trajectory when you start to actually like build a team and you know what you want. You know where was that like deciding moment where you were like, all right, if I'm gonna do this, I need a team. My own team. Um, so I think a lot of agents land on,
1: like, so much of our business is, is math, right? Like, how many deals, how much volume, how much time, transactions. Uh, you know, a lot of times we we do listings not just because maybe it pays a little more, but because it takes a lot less time than working with a buyer. You just yeah. physically don't have to leave your house and do showings. Um, for me, it was a it was kind of fifty fifty two things. One, it was I want to do more transactions. I want to obviously sell more homes, and I want to do it with a team partially because if I was just, I was over generating leads using the systems that I was using. So I was like, I just, I, they're falling through the cracks. I can, I just want to give them to somebody and go here, you take this because I forgot to call them for a week. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think that's what most agents do. They hit sort of a volume or a cap. I could do more deals on my own. I genuinely really, really like teaching and mentoring and showing new agents how to do it. So for me, I brought in an agent earlier, I think than most, people would. I wasn't at my max volume. I could have done more myself. I just really like teaching. Before I was, my other longest career before real estate was with um, Kaplan, the education company. Yeah. So I was teaching SAT, ACT prep, like test prep. um, And then I was teaching the teachers how to teach test prep and tutoring and classes and stuff. I just always liked it. I enjoy teaching. So for me, bringing on agents, I like, like training my agents more than I like meeting with clients most of the time. Because it's more fun to talk about, you know, in these scenarios, do these things than having sort of the same conversations over and over again with, say, a first time homebuyer. I love them. but There's only so many times you want to explain what an inspection is and stuff like that.
0: No, it's uh, I've noticed in, in my real estate findings and relationships throughout the industry is that some of the best team leaders are people inherently in the heart are, are teachers. Right. And I think it's not that you can't be successful if you're not let me preface that. But um, one of my biggest mentors growing up, he was not a good teacher. He was a good operator. He was a great business leader. But when it came to teaching, he had to outsource that position in that training because he didn't have the, 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 bandwidth or the, the drive to do that. But I think if I looked at that small percentage of people who operate that, and then you look at the people who truly, want people to do well, they care about them, they train them, they teach them, you're going to have a longer tenure of team member because the vested interest that you've put into them, it's been so personal. I think that, I think, do you agree? I think that's like what I see in you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think,
1: um, you know, with the, with, you know, four out of five agents, not never, not making it two years and uh, the ones that do still as an average barrel, you know, don't sell, right. We always say the average agent, depending on which study or who you ask, the average agent sells like four to five houses a year. or The average realtor sells like 11 to 12. Like if you really do the math on average price points in the U S and most places on that stuff, it's not enough money to survive. Yep. I always say Mo, people, everybody at some point in their life has had a job that they would have continued to do if they got paid more. Yep. And then we've all had jobs that, um, Paid really, really well, but we hate it. Well, when we do a job we like, but we don't get paid enough, we quit because we gotta pay our bills. When we get a job that we get paid really, really well, but we hate, we do it for twenty years and we don't quit. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's it's we always talk about like, do we like the job? Do we enjoy it? At the end of the day, every other industry has already showed us that if we real estate agents at least got paid more right out of the gate, more of them could survive and stick around and do it for longer and get better. So for me, like nothing else matters than an agent when they first come on figuring out how to get a deal quickly and learn how to do it. What are the right when when my agent comes on, we uh, on a team on my team, the first things we talk about aren't like house styles. It's like how to call the first lead you get, how to get that first appointment the first time, because we need to convert you immediately. Otherwise, you're going to quit in six months and it's going to be I feel responsible that I didn't train you well enough to be better. And it gives me, it's what keeps me up at night, and it's the reason why I every time I think about bringing on an agent, um, I'm like, yeah, but what if I do a bad job teaching them how to do it and they quit in six months? They're gonna walk around going, he sucked at showing me how
0: to be a good real estate and I get nervous. That's what I get anxious about, yeah. No, it, it brings up this funny story. I've had an ISA for about two years now, he came in on the investment side, but uh, he finally gets his license, all right, and his very first training was last Friday, and uh, so. I, he, he's texting me the night before he's like, all right, do you want me you know, to come to your office or like, what do you want to do about it? And I said, I want you to show up at, uh, in the parking lot of home Depot. And he's like, what? And I was like, just meet me there, pick them up, take them to a showing with a client I've never met <laughs> just straight to like, this is yep. how we show properties. This is the, this is the information I brought to this. This is their pre-approval. They already sent me. Like it was like so in the trenches. Like, all right, your very first day, this is how we open a lockbox, and I walk them through the chronological process. So, I think there's a lot of respect in what you're doing because you understand that process. That you have to like immerse people immediately. Yes, in that training process.
1: It's um right. It's it's, it's, we don't have a salary. We don't right. What's that? People, I like. I always like it. The phrase. The uh, every day we wake up unemployed. Or or, um, or, what I always say, too, is like when you're a real estate agent or any salesperson in general, if you're a real estate agent, you're trying to get somebody to hire you. So some people, if they work at a job for 5, 10, 15, 20 years doing whatever they're doing really well, they only had to interview one time. My job is to go on interviews over and over and over again and get somebody to go, yeah, I'd pay you money to do work. Um, so that's hard. That's It It's it feels a little bit like you're thrown to the fire the first couple of times you do it but you have to do it. So I say, let's not waste time. It's not like you're going to get a check while you learn. You're going to have to learn by doing. So yes, we get them right out. And it's little things like, uh, you know, first day, day one on video, or on a, right, a zoom call, maybe with my team or in person, if we are, we're going to role play and we're going to, you're going to have to take a live call in front of us. We get, you know, we get live lead calls like Zillow calls during our video team meetings You're not allowed to like leave the camera and go take the, like, I want you to take that call on camera so we can all listen and we can all go, all right, say this next time. Don't say this. This was great. This is what you can continue to work on because you got to just do it and you got to do it in front of people. Cause if you're not practicing, like if you're not practicing with each other, you're practicing on clients. Yeah. No matter what you're practicing, you're just doing it on clients and you're losing money practicing on them. So no, I, I, you got to just do it.
0: And then, in terms of technology, I know this uh, podcast is real estate versus tech. Like, what do you, what would you say, what technology in your business right now is helping you not only scale, but also generate a a consistent pipeline of business?
1: Yeah. So, uh, when I left my previous brokerage, came to Compass, I interviewed eight or I think eight or nine different. Brokerages, all the big names, some of the local boutiques, some of the big local guys, and the virtual brokerages, the ones that are like, we won't give you a whole lot of support or whatever, but we're gonna let you keep almost all the money that you generate. Yeah. And then at the other end of the spectrum, the compasses and cold bankers of the world, they will take their capitalists, right? So they're gonna take a cut of every dollar you bring in, but theoretically should give you the most support, most value. Most in return for your dollar. Then in the middle, you get most like most of the bigger the Keller Williams of the world where they say, we're going to give you a ton of stuff, and you're going to give us a certain amount of money, but eventually we'll cap you and you get to keep everything from that point forward. So for me, to, to answer sort of the what tech question I use, compass is the answer for me. When I went and saw, so my coach had me model out how much sort of revenue and profit and how much money we'd make, just me in a year. Me in three years, me with a team in three years, yeah. and I realized that sort of per dollar, like dollar per transaction, the farther you go to this end of the spectrum, the the either ones with a cap or that are capitalist as opposed to a virtual brokerage. Yes, I make less money. So the question was, what do I get in return? And when I realized just how much Compass sort of give gives me in terms of a tech platform, I went, holy shit! Like it's worth it because the amount of money I'd have to spend and time on my own to rebuild those systems was worth the less money I would get. And I think that's the value proposition, right? That what I'm getting I think is worth the money I'm paying. I've always thought of my brokerage, and I think all agents should think of their brokerages as vendors. I pay my photographer dollars, and in return he gives me great listing videos and photos or whatever. I pay Compass and in return they give me tech and a platform so I think of it as me paying them to purchase a service and I need to know it's worth it. When I did all the math, it was worth it. So from right, CMA tools, incorporations, our CRM uh, integrations, my, I, we do a lot of Zillow, so there's integrations there, the tasks, the fact that every time I open my platform, it's different in like a good way, something is updated. And almost every time I give feedback to Compass, we have a lot of different feedback tools I would like this thing created. Can we do this? Can you move this button? Whatever. Most of the time when I go to request a feature, they reply with, oh, no, we're already doing that. It launches next month. That just keeps happening. So (laughs) um, for me, a lot of the tech that I get from Compass is really, really helpful. Um, Most of my business comes from a couple of, two or three sources. Most of it comes from two or three sources. One is um, uh, agent to agent referrals. So about 40% of our team's business in 2022 came from agent to agent referrals. Yeah. So how do I get in front of other agents? One, I do everything I can to scream from the rooftops that I'm, that I have sort of an identity and I am sort of the Worcester guy. I'm the central mass guy. So a lot of people think of me and they go, you know, maybe an agent in Boston or another state or whatever says, I don't want to drive to that area. Who's the guy there. Well, if I if I just brand myself as a New England agent, there's 20,000 of us. But if I say I'm the Worcester guy, it makes it a lot easier. For
0: looks like we're having a little connection problem, but he should be popping back in here soon. And what Chris is really talking about as this screen pops in is is making sure to have that that geo identity, right? That branding that is gonna, there he is. Let me, let me bring you into the stream and let me remove, uh, (laughs) let me kick you from the other person from the studio, there we go, (laughs) the clone. Whatever
1: the other guy said for the first 15 minutes is a lie, I don't believe him.
0: No, no, I think you. um,
1: What was the last thing you heard?
0: Last thing I heard was basically like, I'm the Wooster guy, Um, uh, when people think central mass, like it's not this broad, gigantic mass agent that's known for everywhere. It's known for here. And that's how you're getting agent to agent referrals. Um, uh, that geo specific uh brand awareness. Yeah. When it comes to like geo
1: farming, agents will say, This is the neighborhood I want to be in, and I'm gonna send postcards here and knock on doors. But then when it comes to like what regions we often identify ourselves in, we go, yeah, I'm licensed in mass. That's, that's, the, that's a whole state. We don't, yeah. we don't we're, you don't work everywhere. So I think agents maybe overreach thinking if I'm more generic, I'm open to more business opportunities. What ends up happening is that generalist branding makes it so that people don't think of you for anything. You're open to anything. So they don't think of you for anything in particular. I'd rather be known as a guy that does a thing so that people think of me because if they're not thinking of you, it doesn't matter.
0: It, I wish I, and I'm going to cut that, that slice and segment because uh, the tech platform and company who sponsored this liftoff agent is the number one positioning agency in the real estate business. And we've been very niche in what we do, which is stop being a generalist niche down. I don't care if it's geo specific, to an area and you being the digital mayor that Tom Ferry always says, or you're niching down in probate, investments, relocation, whatever. Somebody knows you for that specific real estate expertise so that you get repeat business and you can build a brand awareness that people actually resonate with. And you've said it best, right? Stop being a generalist because you're actually doing the opposite. So kudos to you to identifying that because you've been very few agents that we've had on there that have actually said exactly that. I think that's huge. But a couple of last questions as we wrap this up: um, Where do you see your team going? Like, what's the what's the what's on the horizon for or for Chris and and right. your team? Did I miss you. We are having some serious technological breakdowns today. I don't know if it's uh, the internet gods, but we are definitely uh, seeing a shift here in, in bandwidth and. and... <laughs> I have completely lost my guest. This is the first time I think I've ever been. Wait, he's coming back. There he is. Add to stream. I don't
1: there. know what's. <laughs> I take so many video calls a day with so many clients, and they all go well. And then suddenly,
0: this is the day that the internet gets sketchy. <laughs> I have like a gig of business internet. So I'm like, I don't know if it's me or not, but could be. <laughs> <laughs> I've closed ev- like everything. i basically sh- everything just so that I can, I want to make sure I can uh, keep talking to you. Yeah, no problem, man. So what's on the horizon for, for your group in, in 2023? So we have lofty goals as I think
1: everybody should. Um, uh, we, now we have two agents on the team. I'd like to bring on two to three more. My target now is sort of that mercenary team model where instead of having 100 agents, and in, which starts to feel a little corporate, and instead of having no agents and we just can't service as many clients as we'd like, I want that sort of sweet spot of we have a specialist for each area or each design of business, right? Maybe I have an investment specialist. I have a luxury specialist or whatever, a buyer agent, whatever. Um, I'd like, I, I need to bring on I'd had an assistant, had to let her go, gonna bring on another one uh, as a transaction coordinator and assistant for the team. Uh, and our, a lot of our push is to continue to be local knowledge brokers through value creation. And that comes in a few different ways. We want to really hit hard on things like YouTube videos, community videos, instructional videos, Um, I've done a lot of video series under the real estate professor sort of name, and it just teaches people about real estate, the fun from the fundamentals to the complicated stuff. And to continue to do stuff like that, because you can't sell readiness. I just want somebody five years from now to have watched a bunch of the stuff I put out at no point do I say, can I sell your house? But the day that they want to sell, they go, why wouldn't I work with Chris's team? I've been watching this stuff for five years. The same way I joined my first brokerage saying, why wouldn't I join them? I've already been consuming their content for years. They seem like the logical choice. So for us, it's about that. It's trying to do as much as we can for the community, videos, teaching. not, And a lot of it's not real estate
0: related, just so that we can be valuable to the communities. That long-term evergreen marketing strategy is exactly what is going to separate you from the rest because you're investing in into a, a, a long reward sequence. And I think that's what real estate agents are so used to just picking up a phone, getting a zillow lead, whatever it is. But when an agent really understands marketing and understands the value of providing value and, and expecting nothing, nothing in return, that popularity and, and that, that, that demand gen most real estate agents don't operate in that sequence and i think that's what i'm seeing illuminate from this conversation is that you understand that and it doesn't matter if you spend two hours three hours teaching somebody that'll never do business with you eventually it'll turn into business in some shape way or form
1: yeah uh, we're closer to accountants and lawyers than we are to almost any other position and nobody gets a call from an accountant nobody gets a call from a lawyer going do you need my services right now we gotta we gotta stop in industry, i as an industry have to stop doing it it gives us all a bad name we just have to be professionals, be the consultants in a specific industry that we know we are, at least the, the good agents we know we are, and then just sit back and wait till someone needs us. And that's when you provide the help because until then, you're just annoying. I, I, I always say, I joke that that uh, I don't follow most real estate agents because most of the stuff is just, look at this house I sold, look at this house I sold. I don't care. Uh, sure. I, look, I look at houses all day and I don't even care. So why would anybody else? So it really is about, doing what we can for other people, even outside of real estate, just so that one day they go, he's the guy I would hire if I ever needed him.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, there's so much value in that. And I think, uh, so as, as, as we close this out, what do you want to leave our listeners viewers with any agent, uh, out there that has taken the time to, you know, stay through this entire interview? What do you want them to, to take and implement in their business that is going to change their life?
1: If I think if you had asked me that question more than two months ago, I would have given a different answer, but we have seen some interesting or crazy, whatever word you want to use some certainly different times in the real estate space in the last 60 to 90 days or so. Yeah. So 2023 has to be about putting the clients first. It has to be. If you're an agent who's, I, I almost want to say new, but it's not. There are agents who've done this two, three, four years. We'd usually call them veterans but they've only been here for the good times where, yeah. where you could put any house up at any point and it was going to sell like hotcakes. So we're now finally in a world of like reasonability. Yeah. So if you're going to survive in 2023 and a lot of agents just aren't, it has to be about putting, solving the client's problems first. And that means getting into the nitty gritty of relearning how mortgages work, getting into the nitty gritty of contingencies and seller concessions and knowing how to actually sell a house Instead of just put the address on the internet you get five offers. We're back to that. If you're not learning those skills, my coach says to me, maybe this is the the final takeaway. My coach says to me, um, for the last five years, it was like going on vacation in Spain. You didn't really need to be an expert. Just like you didn't really need to learn the language. You're going to be there for a week. You could probably get away with whatever you picked up in eighth grade Spanish and most of the English you know. But now we're in a world where if you're going to succeed, it's like moving to Spain. You're going to have to learn the language. So if you're out there just thinking it's going to be as easy as it was, it's not. You have to learn the language in 2023.
0: Yeah. You got to be a true master craftsman uh, student to the game. You got to take the mentorship relationships you have, the coaches that you work with, and you got to really implement what they're telling you because they've seen market cycles. And I uh, I think that's, you know, to end this out, like Chris, like, that is so valuable to an agent out there that's listening because uh, people get into this business to start their own business, right? Be an entrepreneur, but they don't want to, they, they don't want to listen to anybody, right? It's, they, they listen to their principal broker when they say, Hey, I need your paperwork. But outside of that, like that, that being yeah. a student in the game is so important. So important. I agree. Totally agree. Consume as much as you can. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you listeners and viewers. Is It is our intention to have you take something from this podcast and then apply it to your business for massive success, and so Chris, we really appreciate you being on. Um, we'll get this episode out, and uh, we'll hope to have you on here in the future and 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 hear the update. Yeah, right? see what you're doing. So I
1: appreciate it, Dan. I think this is fantastic, and it's great for agents. So I appreciate it. Awesome.